Let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 2. I just want to read two verses here and kind of work through this uh, chapter over the course of the next three weeks. Verse 1 and 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, shout behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star, shout his star, in the east and have come to worship him. Everybody shout amen. Amen. Please be seated. Lord, we, we always desperately need you uh, to take broken flesh that you know so well, which I am, and use it to work miracles for us. Help us to hear you in a fresh way and to be moved in our hearts in new ways, both here and on video. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The theme that I want to kind of work around uh, this afternoon is really this notion of recognizing the star. You'll recall that a couple of weeks ago I challenged you as we slipped into this new Christmas season uh, to make it an uncommon Christmas season, to break your normal uh, holiday ritual and uh, routine perhaps and kind of slow life down at the time that everybody is picking up pace. I have to confess that uh, uh, as I go in and out of stores, uh, I am, hmm, I don't know, grieved just a little bit uh, that these days I don't hear a lot of Merry Christmas, but uh, and I'm trying to figure out, do I say Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays? Or I hear very little silent night, a lot of jingle bell and chestnuts, roast, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. And it reminds me, really, of this, of, the, of this, you've heard me talk about this, the, both the national holiday, which is a secular Christmas holiday, but even that is rooted in the historic birth of Jesus. Now, hear our text. Listen to it as, it as it reminds us. It says, now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, that's the historical marker for that right there. So history confirms that Jesus was born, that he lived, he was crucified, that he died. The empty tomb reminds us that he was raised from the dead. And yet, as I think about this, the fact then is that even the national Christmas holiday, stripped of uh, the Christmas story as it may be, still embodies elements that comes from the fact that it is rooted in the historical birth of Jesus a birth that was so transformative that 2,000 years later, all over the globe during this season, tons of folk who are not even Christians have at least heard of the story because they've been engaged with Christmas. Can you say, wow, wow. But then as I thought deeper about this, uh, I started to get a little excited. And 
here's, let me back into it this way, this insight that I got. When I was a kid, growing up on the backside of Cachetta, Louisiana, uh, one of my favorite meals was when my grand-aunt would prepare what we call gravy and rice. What she'd essentially do is take a pork chops. That was my favorite part for her to make gravy out of. Pork chops. Can anybody say pork chops? And she would cook that pork chop so well until it would produce an overflow of its own gravy. And if she wasn't uh, satisfied with the amount of gravy that was produced, she'd take some water and some flour and mix it all together in there. And so... I can't tell you how excited I would be when she would put that plate in front of me. There'd be a nice pork chop there. The gravy would be over a whole, a nice thing of rice. I mean, ooh, taste and see. (laughs) And, and I always ate back in those days. We always had bread with whatever it was that we ate. Rolls of, or light bread back then. We called it light bread. And, Ultimately, at the end of the meal, when the bone uh, is uh, bare and uh, the rice is gone and everything is gone, there would ultimately be some residue of the gravy left behind. And the meal was not finished until I took a piece of bread that was left and I would, we'd call it sopping. Can, we, can you say sop? Sopping the gravy. I just sopped that gravy. And, and, and what, what, what was so great about it was that the gravy was so excellent because, because elements of the pork chop still remained in the gravy. You, you listening to what I'm saying? Follow me now. Uh, 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 as the years transpired, my, the folk who raised me got older, and they'd go to the doctor, and the doctor says, you got high blood pressure, so you got high blood pressure, you can't be eating all those pork chops. And so I remember vividly on numerous occasions where my granduncle would say uh, to my granduncle, uh, I can't have any of the pork chops, he would say. He said, but just put me a little of that gravy on it. Uh, Because mixed into that gravy was elements of the pork chop. And it was the elements of the pork chop that made the gravy so rich. As a matter of fact, you couldn't eat the gravy without thanking God for the pork chop. That's why I get excited about National Christmas, even though it is stripped oftentimes of the Christian story, because the national Christmas holiday is now exposed to billions of people, and what they don't under they may not know it, but they are eating the gravy, y'all, that's produced from the pork chop of the historic birth of Jesus. And those elements are mixed right there. And so uh, think about it as We help people to make the connection just the next time you see the lights at Christmas in the malls or the lights in your house or the lights down the street. Just remember, that's the gravy, y'all. The pork chop is when Jesus says in the Gospel of John 8, chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light that has come into the world. Anyone who follows me will not walk in 
darkness. See? And then when you see Christmas trees that are beginning to cut, just remember that if it's true that Jesus is the light of the, that came into the world, then when the Roman soldiers cut down the tree and went to Galgotha Hill and turned that cut down tree into a rugged cross, it must have been true that when they put Jesus on the cross, that must have been the first Christmas tree as the light of the world hung from that tree. And I can hear him say, if I be lifted up, I will draw all people, shout all people. I'm talking about the pork chop, y'all, the pork chop. Next time you see uh, the exchange of gifts and people in the malls, that's just the gravy. But remember that 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 has elements of the pork chop in John 3:16 when it is declared, here's how much God loves us. That he gave. Can you shout gave? That's the gift, the extravagant gift of his unconditional love. He gave his only one and only son that whosoever might believe in him would not isn't that pork chop good, y'all? So, the task that I'm suggesting, watch this, is that for billions of people, because the national holiday contains elements that can only be found in the historic birth of Jesus, for billions of people, the national holiday of Christmas can be the star if only they recognize it. So it's your task and my task to help people to recognize it. It's just like I walked you through the connection between the lights and the light of the world, the connection between the gifts and he who gave his only begotten son. It is your job to help others on your job, in your house, among your family members, as you move through this season of Christmas, you just need to help them to make the same connections. And it might be that the holiday Christmas could be for them the star if only you help them recognize it. You shout the star. The star. So, second point. Notice how this text goes. Now, after Jesus was born in Jerusalem, in um, Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, everybody shout, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he born? the king of the Jews, for we have seen his star. You see, they call it his star. Everybody shout his star. Anything that points to the reality of Jesus is his star. And we have come to worship him. Well, how did they recognize his star? Three quick things that I want to suggest. One, uh, they made the connection. Between this and that. Two, they got excited about the story that they had heard. And three, they were moved by God. Now, 
Everybody shout, behold. That's how this sentence starts with behold. When Matthew uses this term, and I picked the new uh, King James Version because it still holds on to the original Greek here. Most of the newer translations assume that this word is implied, so they drop it out. But Matthew uses this intentionally, that whenever he uses the word behold, what he's doing is calling your attention to what he, what he has identified as a God-initiated action. For example, in chapter 1 of verse uh, 20, you'll find when Joseph's trying to figure out what to do with Mary because she's told him that she's pregnant and that the, the, the source is God, and he's trying to put her away. Uh, the text has, starts with these words, Behold, an angel appeared to Joseph and said, Don't be afraid. This thing is of God. That's a God-initiated action. Or in chapter 2 of Matthew, in verse 9, it says, The star came over the house. The star came and stopped over the house where the child was. Uh, and it begins with the word, Behold, the star came and stopped. That was a God-initiated action. So when he uses this term, behold, he's just saying that God is doing it. God is making it happen, that God is moving it. Well, I, I just want to thank you all because I'm so proud of you because last weekend you allowed new beginnings to back into a behold moment. Everybody shout behold. A God initiated word. The two schools that we reached out to help they didn't know who New Beginnings were. They didn't ask us to come help them. They were just quiet heroes doing what they do day in and day out, helping to change the lives of young people, more than a thousand coming out of poverty and difficult situations. They were just doing what they did. But a God-initiated action, we went to them and said, look, we'd, we'd like to be uh, helpful to you. And they began to tell us about how they reached into their own uh, pockets to have to buy school supplies. And as they reached into their own pockets to buy school supplies, they're, they're pulling from their, their grocery money and their rent money. And so we said, that's all right. We came back here and we asked you uh, to raise up 600 packages, 600 packages of school supplies. And lo and behold, because you just decided that you were going to act like you knew Jesus. You actually brought 1,400 school supplies. And last weekend, we put together bags and bags and packages and packages for them to take to their classroom and to store away in their storage room. That was a behold moment. You have to do that. Come on now, celebrate. And then we said to you, you know, if you're going to act like Jesus during this rich season, you've got to really act, kind of be generous, right? Because God gave his only begotten son. And so to act like Jesus, we've got to actually act like we're, we've got to practice being generous. And so we said, look, look, everybody, bring an additional $39.95. And some of you can do more. You should do more. Some of you can't even do $39.95. So do the best that you can do. And we said, here's what we're going to do. We want to raise at least $40,000. We said, we're going to give every dime of the way to, uh, to help these two schools and uh, to help recovery from the fires in the North Bay and to uh, help an organization that works with uh, women who are head of household trying to break the poverty cycle in their, in their, in their lives, to help an orphanage that's, that's working with uh, children who have been abused and abandoned 
uh, and a school in Guatemala. And so we said, look, this, we want you to raise $40,000. You got so excited about acting like you knew who Jesus was. Until you didn't bring just $40,000. You didn't bring just $50,000. You brought over $60,000 for us to give away. That's a behold moment. I'm proud of you. Amazing. Just amazing. Now put a pin there. Tell the person next to you, put a pin right there. Put a pin right there. Put a pin right there. Listen. listen, listen. The important thing is, is what we want to uh, we want people to make the connection, to get excited about the story and the sense that God is moving in their midst. We asked that uh, over, we said we wanted 600 of you to show up last Sunday. You know, we call church here, we call it uh, uh, church gathering. But most folk on Sunday call it church what? Church service. That, 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 that the word service gets at what ultimately follows that Jesus ought to be known for, which is service. And this past weekend, I said, well, look, we want at least 600 of you to show up for church service at Garfield and at the uh, Santee. Santee. And rather than staying home and watching the football game, rather than saying, I've got a Sunday off. More than 700 of you showed up and gave almost 3,000 hours to beautify those two campuses. That is a behold moment. Celebrate that. Here's an example of some of the work that you did. Look, this room right here. We painted, we, we, you all, we painted this. Actually, y'all did. I can't do this, but y'all did this. Y'all. <laughs> Uh, this room was a was just a flat out. This is their cafeteria, totally just a gray room. Uh, the orchestra from one of the local city orchestras would come in on a weekly basis and teach music to these kids. Uh, but they did it in a in, in just a bland gray room. But because you showed up with the love of Jesus. That bland gray room was turned into this room. Isn't that incredible? And then watch the next slide. Next. And then we went out and painted uh, the asphalt and brought color and beauty to the asphalt. Next slide. Watch this. And painted murals uh, on the walls that was embedded with inspiring uh, messages for the kids to keep them moving. And then they tell me that this library was just had had tons, hundreds of books on carts throughout all on the floor uh, not they didn't have the capacity to catalog and get all that done but you showed up look at this and these these we look we transformed this library and put that everything catalog put this down on the floor put beautiful uh, framed uh, inspiring sayings on the wall that's a behold moment can we celebrate that that's what you guys were doing next I love this. It's one of my favorite pieces here. We, we said there were some places we wanted to build some seats, and this particular one wanted to build a seat for the kids ready to sit outside. And so our team lead said to one of our folk, we want to build a, a, a square seat. Uh, but we've got science-minded people here and gifted folks. So this guy said, no, 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 I can build an octagon. So he built this beautiful octagon seat that generations after generation will sit there and be blessed. Praise God. It's a whole behold moment. Clearing out the roads. This is all trees and weeds. And we, we brought in a power saw and cleared that out. 
And uh, 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 what else? Show, show the next piece. Show the next slide. And then at Santee, they say to the kids, you can become heroes because you can become doctors and firemen and police officers and lawyers. And so we said, let's bring that to life. And we created this mural to remind them every day they walk into the cafeteria who, who they can become with the help of God. Can we celebrate this? This is what you all done. This is a, it's a behold moment. All right, now watch this. Remember, I told you that the wise man recognized the star because they made the connection. What? The connection between uh, uh, a phenomenon that was happening in the sky that I'll get back to in a minute and, and, the, and, and the purposes of God embodied in a baby called Jesus. They made the connection. When I got to, uh, to Garfield... And they introduced me to the principal, wonderful, amazing woman. We talked for a few moments, and then she began to say to me, she says, look, I don't go to, I, I, I don't go to church, she says, because I hadn't asked her anything about church. Uh, but she just said, look, she says, uh, and, and, and uh, I'm not a church-going person. But she said, but your people, she's talking about y'all, in all of your diversity, your people. She said, they have been so kind. They have been so loving. They have been so incredible until I've said to my team, I got to go see what this church is all about. Shout, making connections. Come on, making connections. She began to make this connection. She said, see, now watch this. I haven't said anything too about going to church because this is not about manipulation. This is, this is really about, I just wanted her and the kids and the parents and the faculty at these two schools to experience the unvarnished, unconditional love of an almighty God who is for them and with them and, 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 and leave it up to them how they interact with God. You know, if God had to attach strings, to what he would do in our lives. None of us would be here. Thank God for his grace. Amen. Shout grace. So watch this. So I'm, I'm shocked. I mean, I, ain't said, I didn't say, are you coming to church? I just showed up, y'all. She's talking to me about church. And then she finally said to me, she finally said, and then I, I went home and talked to my husband. She said, he didn't go to church either. She said, but I told him, he's kind of suspicious of the church. That's kind of what I gathered from the conversation. I understand, praise God. And so she said, she said, she said, but uh, I said to him, we have to go and see what this is about. Do you see God initiated? Come on, do you see an outpouring of generosity, uh, 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 unconditional love that has started to cause people to draw, make the connection between that act and the, and the reality of a God who showed up in someone called Jesus? Now, here's the insight that I want you to get. Watch this. Hopefully, our be rich, work at these two schools for somebody, watch this, hopefully that work will become a star. That they will recognize, that they will make the connection between that work, come on now, and the love of an all-powerful, redeeming God. All right, here's the second point. Now get this. 
This is where it gets really, get really rich. If they make the connection, it will be because of y'all, Jesus followers, who decided to live radical, who decided to be uncommon, who decided to do what most folk would call the unnatural with normal stuff. Come on now, hammers and brooms and, 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 and wash rags and, and normal stuff. Come on now, that shines brighter than what they normally shine. And because we were there, the reality of Jesus has greater credibility. That's what this Christmas thing is supposed to be about. Now, let's talk about these. Let's talk about these magi's, this wise people, real quickly. Number one, watch this. I said they made the connection. They weren't Christians. Matter of fact, before Jesus was born, there were no Christians. The world was as pluralistic and diverse as it is now. They weren't even Jewish. They come from Persia, some religion outside of that. And yet God was at work. See, it was God initiated. See, see, God knew what he wanted to do at these schools before any of us even thought about this project. Come on, God, I just was at work, not just on behalf of those in the schools, but he was at work trying to show us something. At work, at work. And, and so these uh, uh, folk... What happened? Well, they said, well, what, what was the star? What, what was the star? Good question. And scholars and, and, and folk who studied said it, perhaps it was one of three things. The star that shined that they call his star, Jesus' star. One has suggested that perhaps it was a supernova. You know what a supernova is. It's when a star burns out. And the last stage of the star burning out it explodes into brilliant heat and light that's billion times hotter and brighter than it normally is just before it burns out. Perhaps it was a supernova. Uh, they say that those supernovas happens once every hundred years. So it, 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 is, it is an occurrence that happens naturally within, within the environment of God's Creation, and they say when it happens, if it's in this galaxy, you 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 can see, you can you can you can spot it. Ah, uh, others have suggested that perhaps it's a comet. You know what a comet was? That it's a piece of planet that's broken off. It's it's rock and ice that's melted together, and when it gets caught into the sun's gravity. The sun pulls it towards it, and the heat of the sun begins to melt it. And as it melts, the light of the sun causes it to explode into, into uh, uh, light. And, 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 and you see it moving, and it has a tail that seems to be pointing somewhere. Maybe it was the comet. Others have said that perhaps it was the alignment that happens uh, once in within a, a kind of a periodic long um, centuries of time of Jupiter and Saturn kind of readjusting its alignment in such a way that it caused the light to, to happen. I, I don't know 
which one it was or if that. But what I, what, here's what I think. Whatever it was that happened, whatever start was, when you look up at night, you see at least, there's at least 3,000 stars you can see. So whatever the brightness was, here's my point. I think it was just, it was, a, it was one of the regular things that happens within God's creation that God decided to illuminate. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? It's the regular thing that happens in God's creation. God has a way of taking regular stuff and illuminating it in order to catch your attention. Then the second thing is <clears throat> these folk were scholars. So I don't know how they made the connection, but the Romans historians have recorded that in, in the East, uh, there was this notion that a sovereign one would be born in Judea that would ultimately rule the world. I don't know how they did it, but somehow through engaging their mind and their scholarship and their sense of history and science and, and astrology and all that they studied, they concluded that whatever this normal thing that has been blown up, come on now, that has caught our attention, that somehow it's connected to the divine purpose of a baby being born in Bethlehem. Shout, make the connection. That's why I'm saying that you've got to help the folk in your life make the connection. They can see the Christmas holidays. Help them make the connection. And those of us who participated in Garfield and Santee, let us make the connection that when we dare to live radical lives that favor, that looks more like Jesus, it helps people to believe. We're excited about the story. And they came. Pastor Tilden pointed this out earlier as we were talking about this. That was a great point. He reminded me, think about these wise men. They traveled from the east to Jerusalem. They came to Jerusalem because that was the capital. And they were looking for him born king of the Jews. They just assumed he'd be in Jerusalem. But it took them somewhere between six months and a year to travel. They had to put together a full caravan because they had to have enough food to maintain them on a six-month-to-a-year trip. They had to have the wealth that they needed to maintain them on a, on a six-month-to-a-year trip. Listen now, they're not Christians. Listen now, they're not Jews. Listen now, they, they are religious. They are scholarly-minded. Well, well, what would make them be so radical, y'all? What would make them be? You know, if they were here in Silicon Valley, folk would be saying, what's wrong with these people? Come on now. Uh, 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 and, and perhaps their family was saying, What's wrong with y'all? You're going to where? What are you pursuing? And all they could say is that there's a baby born there that's going to change the world. And we want to meet him for ourselves. I want you to have that same radicalness. More importantly, God wants you to have that same radicalness. Right? He doesn't just want us to be a light at Garfield and Santee and then go dim. He's trying to prove to us that we can be a light every day 
Not perfect lights. None of the stars, by the way, are perfect. But we can be light because we can just be radical in how we forgive. We can be radical in how we serve. We can be radical in how we love. And so let me just throw this out here. Don't wait till the first weekend in January to decide I'm going to live a different life. Start now. Use Christmas as the opportunity to say, you know what? Let me take a step forward. Let me practice my different life so when the new year get here, I'm already here to the game. Somebody say amen. <laughs> That's a high five moment right there. I'm not going to make it get nobody high five. High five moment. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you this, and I'm going to bring this to a close. This is important. I think it was 1961. The Russians sent uh, the first man into space to orbit around the earth, beat America in the space race. Khrushchev, who's the leader of the Soviet Union, reported publicly that when the cosmonaut came back to earth, his cosmonaut landed, Khrushchev said, he asked him, he said, did you see God? You went out in space. Did you see any evidence that he exists? And the cosmonaut said, no, I didn't see any evidence that he exists. Khrushchev went on public record. See, this is proof there is no God. C.S. Lewis, in response to Khrushchev's statement, writes a little pamphlet called The, the Seeing Eye. And in it, he argues that one cannot relate to God as, though, as a man who's on the second floor relates to a person who's on the first floor. Meaning, if you're on the first floor, you can just go up the stairs and see the person on the second floor. Uh, C.S. Lewis says, no, 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 no. That when, when one thinks about God, they must think about God in the way that God, in the way that Shakespeare relates to Hamlet. You know, Shakespeare creates in his mind and comes, brings to life the drama Hamlet. And, and, and what C.S. Lewis says, that in order for Hamlet to know Shakespeare, he couldn't climb up in the sky to find him. The only way for Hamlet to know Shakespeare, the one who created him, is that Shakespeare would have to write himself into the drama. Y'all listening to me? And have to introduce himself. Come on now. In the drama, the Hamlet. Well, here's the good news of Christmas, y'all. This is what brought the wise men so far and caused them to be so radical. That, that the good news is, he said, I want to find him that I might worship him. The good news is that the God of creation decided that if you want to find me, you'll never find me by going, climbing the highest mountain, or flying to the, to the nth degree of the universe. No, 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 no. The only way you're going to find me is that I've got to write myself into the drama of history. I've got to show up. Come on now. Born as a baby in Bethlehem of Judea. I've got to grow up. Come on now. So you can touch me and eat with me and, 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 and learn from me. And then I'm going to die and conquer death and declare through the whole event I did it because I love you come on now that I'm for you and that I'm here to redeem you now listen here's what's exciting about that good news y'all 
the proof or rather the evidence of the credibility of a God who has written himself into history is found in how he changes you in my life. So here's where I want to conclude. Notice what the wise men said. This is what I want you to do for this Christmas, this month. This is how you make it. You've already made it uncommon. You started the first weekend of this Christmas month showing up, acting like you, Jesus, loving generously, giving unconditionally. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. I, I want to say, can I push you a little bit here? And, and here's what they did. Watch it. They created, they slowed down. Everybody shout, slow down. That's, that's what you do. And then they opened up space. That's how they was able to set aside six months to a year to travel. And they went forward looking for something more. And they engaged by inquiring. And they were, and they were looking for something greater. They wanted something greater. There was an innate desire. They wanted something deeper. And they went inquiring, where is he? They went all around Jerusalem having conversations. Where's the one born the king of the Jews? And here's my challenge for you. I, I, I want to challenge you. I, I, I pray that you will long so deeply to have a greater experience of the one that was born in Bethlehem. That it will cause you to go throughout the month of December asking, where is he? Born the king of the Jews. I, 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 I want to release you to go into secular Christmas and, 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 and as you watch the miracle on 34th Street, and as you watch uh, It's a Wonderful Life, and as you watch Love Actually, and you feel something tugging on you on the inside, I want you to in that moment ask, where is he? Where is Jesus born? The King? What is he saying to me? I, I know it's, it's, it's not Jimmy Stewart. Come on now. I, 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 God, is it possible that Jesus is using Jimmy Stewart to talk to me? When you're, when you're standing in the mall and you got packed bags. Come on now. And you're standing in a long line, packed bags and a lot of stuff on your credit card. And you still feel disconnected from eternal value. I want you to ask, where is he that was born king of the Jews? Lord Jesus, what are you, what are you trying? Are you beckoning me? Are you, are you calling me to come closer, to go deeper? I'm opening, declare to him, I'm opening my heart. Oh, I dare you to go through this month with that kind of attitude. And then you open up space to, 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 to keep practicing being like Jesus, to love on others generously and radically. And go to our website. We've got uh, uh, something called uh, Matters of the Heart. We've got lots of ideas for you to do that. Here's the last thing. And if you find opening up space is really kind of difficult, slowing down and opening up space, I just want you to commit that for the next two weeks, you're going to make sure that you show up here for church on time. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say old time? I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I meant ahead of time. That's right. That's right. I want you to get here early enough to check the kids in so you can come into this sanctuary. There's going to be music playing in the sanctuary. I want you to settle yourself because you're going to be asking the question. 
Where is he born, the king of the Jews? Jesus, I want a deeper encounter. I want a fresh experience of you. And when they start singing, don't just start going through the motions. I want you to look at the words and, and just kind of close your eyes and, 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 and or rather begin to think about the meaning behind the words. Regardless to how well or how lousy I preach, don't worry about that. I just want you to ask, where is he born, the king of the Jews? Lord, what do you have to say to me in this unique season? And I'm promising you that if you let this be your disposition and don't just you come by yourself no the next two weeks reach into your family into your colleagues and bring them along there are people waiting to discover where is he where is the credibility of the one that has been born king of the jews just bring them with you and i believe god will do something special for you and through you just like he did last weekend give god a hand praise thank you very much.